Welcome to the Radio 191 FM podcast. You are listening to Stomping Grounds on Radio 191 FM, and I am once again joined by an incredible woman who needs no introduction. Tali, how are you doing? Kia that's Well, that's a very nice introduction. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm doing really good, thank you. Fantastic. So uh, let's cut to the chase. Your new album, Future Dwellers, has gained tons of traction across a wide range range of genres what Mm. has the response to your album been like um it's been great it's been really really surprisingly great um I say surprisingly because I guess I kind of like I had low expectations of the reception but you know you know hope for the best but expect the worst and um it's been great yeah I mean um one real highlight for me a couple of highlights was um, having DJ Magazine do like a three-page spread on the album. And um, 18 years ago, I was on the cover of DJ Magazine International. So for them to like then do something on this album kind of makes me feel like this is quite a big album, you know, for me. Um, mm-hmm. uh, in the same vein that my first album was. Um, and also um, Drum and Bass blog, One More Thing, made it the album of the week. And UKF, which is like the UK's biggest drum and bass platform, they did something on it. You know, so it's been getting really great um, coverage abroad, um, as well as getting really good coverage here from um, magazines and radio support. So, yeah, I'm feeling really, really chuffed with the amount of um, positive feedback I've been getting. Heck yes, and it is an incredible album for those of you who haven't heard it yet. Um, So we chatted a little while before your album came out and you kind of gave us a wee taster, a wee broad explanation of what to expect from the album. And Mm. I think that you absolutely hit the brief on all aspects. And one of my favourite parts about the album is every song feels really different. And there are lots of points of comparison in terms of, you know, tempo, the amount of synths in there, the amount of bass in each song, like Fire Circle, for example, sounds way different to Crystal Clear. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, I guess I just kind of, well, I didn't really have a plan of action when I was making this music. I I made it during lockdown and it was kind of just I wanted to – express myself and be creative and experiment and whatever came out of that came out of it and in the end there was you know there was a moment where I was like should I just make this all drum and bass but then I kind of felt what felt like well no because you know I'm not a drum and bass producer as such well I am now apparently but um (laughs) I wasn't I wasn't before so you know but I have always made kind of like down-tempo, lo-fi, electronica. And so for me, it made sense to put some tracks on there that kind of still reflected that side of my production, as well as the new experimental stuff, which was drum and bass. Um, and I mean, it's not experimental in, in the fact that my brand, you know, people know me as MC Tali. I have MC'd over drum and bass for years, but it was more experimental in that I'd never ever done it before. I'd always had other people make my drum and bass music for me. Um And the thing is, is that there were different stories that I wanted to tell, but that I didn't necessarily want to tell through vocals that I kind of wanted to express through the idea that I'm, you know, layering heaps of synths and bass and beautiful um, 
cobwebby samples, you know, that I got online and, and layering them all up and creating a soundscape that basically can paint a picture in the viewer's mind of whatever they choose to take from it without the literalness of lyrics um, spelling it out for them. But then with something like Fire Circle, which is the only song that I sing on by myself on the album, there was a very clear story that I wanted to tell um, from only my that only my perspective, you know, could tell. So it was really important that I sang on that song, and it was really important that that song was given the emotion and the space to to deliver that message, if that makes sense. So yeah, they they are all really different, but there is a cohesiveness throughout the whole album, and that you know I've used a lot of the same sounds and instruments, like a lot of the same main instruments, like my strings and. Um, I kind of wanted I wanted the album to have a cinematic quality, um, a soundtrack kind of quality, and I wanted it to be something that could be played live. So either with my drum and bass band and the Ebony String Quartet, which often plays with me, or even on a bigger scale would say the APO or, you know, I should be so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's, there's definitely still the same elements flowing through it that kind of tie it all together. Yeah, I totally agree. And the album definitely feels like a cinematic experience. And it's just, it's so nice to listen to because it takes you on a journey, which I think a lot of albums, particularly in electronic music these days, almost lack a little bit. Yeah. I, I think yeah. people get caught up in trying to make like banger after banger after banger on an album. And I think Beyonce has said this before, like people just don't release cohesive albums anymore. Yeah. And I think for me, this is one of the most cohesive pieces of um, work I have ever de delivered. And I think because at the end of the creative process where I had all of these tracks, it was like, okay, now how do these all go together? And there were certain things that I made that at the beginning I was like, this is all going on the album. And then when I actually sat down and listened to it all the way through, you know, I was like, that doesn't fit. That doesn't tell a story. That doesn't go. That is completely in the wrong place. <laughs> you know, so I had to do a lot of like tweaking and changing um, and, and, and leaving, leaving tracks out that I really wanted to be a part of the album. When we talk about cinematic qualities and um, things flowing, it's sort of like if you could imagine that Mansion, the opening track, is opening the beginning of the film. You know, and then this film takes us on this really crazy journey and it gets a little like dark and moody and a little bit angsty. And then right towards the end, it kind of like evolves into this beautiful, positive ending where there's hope and joy for the future. <laughs> it, it is absolutely beautiful. Uh, Crystal Clear featuring vocalist Ellipsa is one of the most popular tracks on the album, I would say. And for me, instrumentally, it feels like a spicy bassline paired with very personal lyrics, which I'm sure many of us can relate to. What was your favourite part about creating this specific song? Well, when I set out to make the song again, with all of the songs, they all started out as instrumentals. None of them, none of them had any um, real direction in terms of who I wanted on them. It wasn't until after I'd made the track that I was like, okay, I gotta have so-and-so on this track. This will be perfect for them. Um, so with Crystal Clear, when I made it, I actually really wanted to make an homage to one of my favorite producers, Marcus Intellects, who is sadly no longer with us um, in this realm, but um, he was a huge inspiration for me when I was 
um, getting into drum and bass and, you know, going out dancing. I used to just love listening to his songs. And I really wanted to make something that kind of, if Marcus was around, I, could, I would have taken to him and been like, look what I made. And it was influenced by you, you know, and kind of a lot of the similar sounds. And even with the vocal, like the, um, the whole, just say what you say, you're going to do it, but you never, ever do it, kind of um, reminds me of this Marcus tune that goes, something's come over my soul, out of my control. And and so it's just like a very simple, like little stabby lyric with heaps of soul in it. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I really want to do a track with Ellipsa. And when I played it to her, she was like, oh, this is great. It's not really in my vein, but I love it so much that I want to sing on it too. So it was quite nice to actually push Ellipsa out of, not out of her comfort zone, because she can do everything. She's so talented. But to kind of get her on something that maybe was a little bit unexpected for her. Yeah. So my favourite part, sorry to answer the question, my favourite part of making the track was was making it as an homage to Marcus and then getting um, my beautiful friend Ellipsa to sing on it. Oh, that's, that's such a nice, wholesome, like heartwarming <laughs> story behind an incredible tune. What is coming up for you in your recent calendar? Well, I'm currently working on a film at the moment. I'm composing the score for it. So it involves very long hours watching the same scene over and over again trying to convey emotion in several different ways. Um, That's taking up a lot of my time and it's quite taxing, but I love it. And it's a whole new world for me that I'm really trying to break into. So this is a really great um, gig that I've got um, and a really good opportunity to hopefully lead into some some other films and, you know, a a different kind of career path for me me going forward. But um, in the just... Um, in the next few weeks, I'm heading to Europe. I've been booked to play. Um, I'm playing three sets at Sun and Bass Festival in Sardinia, Ooh. which is this beautiful island off the coast of Italy. And I'm really looking forward to going to there and having some sunshine. <laughs> and then I will be heading to London to play Hospitality in the Woods. I'm doing um, I'm doing a live PA version of my track, What We're Going to Do, that I made with Harriet Jackson, um, which I'll be doing with her on the Saturday. And then I'm doing a full MC set on the Sunday with Galaxy alongside MC Visionobi. So I'm super excited to be on the Shogun stage (laughs) at Hospitality in the Woods. So exciting. What a packed calendar coming up. (laughs) Yeah, and when I get back... Like, literally, when I get back on the Thursday, two days later, I'll be heading down to Alexandra to play um, to play the Molino Festival, I think that's how you say it, with uh, Tikitane and Ellipsa. Um, yeah, and then, obviously, a really great packed-out summer coming up, so that's exciting. Woohoo! How exciting! Awesome. Thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule and hanging out with me today. That's my absolute pleasure, Candice. Uh, so in case you missed it before, check out Tali's brand new album came out late July called Future Dwellers. There are absolute tunes on there. It is a beautiful album. As you heard, she's put so much love and effort into it and the lineup is just absolutely stacked. You'd, you'd be an idiot to not give it a spin. <laughs> and if you feel like supporting in the true sense of the word, please go and buy it on Bandcamp. Just search for the album Future Dwellers on Bandcamp. I've actually been so surprised. Like I've made heaps of sales on Bandcamp. It's been so fantastic. So thank you to everyone who's already bought the album. And of course, if you can't afford to buy it, just stream it. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tali. Thanks, Candice. I'll see you again soon. 
This was a Radio 1 91 FM podcast. All of our content lives online at r1.co.nz.